This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and our daily Arsenal transfer show for episode 80, 8-0 of this show. Every single day over the last past 80 days, we have been covering all of the latest Arsenal transfer information and keeping you guys up to date with what's been going on, trying to give you the inside track at times and ultimately trying to tell you whether or not a load of rumours are truthful or not, uh, which has been the case for plenty this summer. But it hasn't stopped us talking about Arsenal, of course, and it hasn't stopped us talking to you guys about Arsenal either. And we're going to be doing that, as always, with you guys in the chat box. Good morning to everyone that has joined us live. See so many of you in here already. Thank you all so much for joining us. Again, apologies that I can't highlight so many comments, but working with this, this mouse pad is ridiculous. Holiday's going well, Guna. Holiday's going well. Today is the final day that I'm here for a full day, we'll return home tomorrow, but we are doing our main walk today, which I am semi not looking forward to at all. Um, but uh, yeah, we we will push forward with it, and, and fingers crossed, you'll see me tomorrow morning on an 8 a.m. show and not uh, and not halfway down a mountainside. Anyway, moving on to our first main story of the day, and it revolves around Arsenal's young Swedish striker, Nikolai Moller, uh, the player that joined us from Malmo in the summer of 2020 in the final kind of round of 18, 16 to 18-year-olds that were allowed to join us during those age periods during the time of, of Brexit, before Brexit had really taken effect at the start of this year. Um, he is now set to go on loan. Chris Wheatley uh, reported an exclusive that he is set to join Victoria Köln. Now, this is not the same Köln that you may know as Cologne that have been in the Bundesliga for several years. Victoria Köln are a team that play in the third tier of German football. Now, your immediate reaction would be like, why are we sending him 
to such a low tier of, of football. Well, first things first, he's already a physical player. You look at his height, you look at that kind of side of his game, and he's already got that aspect to it. So going to, say, the lower leagues in England to add to his physicality, which is often what some players do, is you send them to the lower leagues in England. It helps them build up their competitiveness, help them build up their physicality against some of the English kind of opponents. Moller's already got that. If you send them abroad to one of the German leagues, French leagues, Spanish lower leagues, you're actually going to be developing their technical ability more. And I think that's the reason why Arsenal decided to send him abroad rather than send him to somewhere within England. The reason why they've sent him to the third tier of German football, and instead of that to say a higher tier, is mainly because of starting opportunities. You want to make sure and ensure that this player is going to be starting games. And for instance, Nikolai Moller is someone that needs to be playing week in, week out to really get that development pushed through. And that's why we're sending him to certain uh, a certain level in Germany rather than, say, sending him to a championship club or a League One club in England, somewhere like that. So that's the reason as to why we're sending Nikolai Moller to the third tier of German football online for the next season. We wish him the absolute best of luck. Moving on to Willian, uh, a player that I know a lot of you have wanted to see the back of for quite a while. Um, and it's it's going to become quite tricky to do so because according to a number of reports that dropped yesterday, uh, there is a couple of issues that are going on right now in regards to there being no one, no one at all interested in bringing Willian into their club. Not because of who he is or his player or, or the, rather the quality that he has, but because of the money side of things. No one is looking to afford to buy Willian whatsoever because of his ridiculous wages that for some reason Arsenal thought was a good idea to accept uh, this summer. And at the moment, despite, and I'm using quotes here, Fabrizio Romano saying he's definitely leaving, 100% remember we were told he is going to be leaving, there are currently no signs that any kind of permanent or even temporary departure is imminent for Willian. And for me, it's just <laughs> it's, it's just comical at this stage, uh, this situation that we found ourselves in. And so, to be honest, no one's willing to pay the wages of Willian because he's just simply not worth the wages that he is on. So uh, if you're hoping to see the back of Willian this summer, I wouldn't particularly get your hopes up at this point. Moving on to Granit Xhaka, a player that we do expect to leave. And even though we are expecting a deal to be done fairly soon, according to Charles Watts on his channel yesterday, he reveals that uh, by saying lots of talk in Italy is that the deal is getting closer and closer. From what I understand, it's still not a done deal from speaking to someone. Uh, the feeling from Arsenal is that they, being Roma, have to pay up. And so... We go through this back and forth. I remember I used that kind of the, the five balls on a string where you swing one, smashes the others, one goes one way, the other goes the other way. And it just continually just goes back and forth. And that's pretty much how this situation feels with Granite Jacker because it is just certainly not moving at any kind of pace that we would like it to. One day we're saying he's closer. The next, the next day reports come out saying he's not as close as we thought. And that's pretty much the situation that we still find ourselves in. It's a purgatory of Granite Jacker is what it is right now. So we hope to see some good news on this deal soon. But at the moment, supposedly still no movement in regards to Roma stepping up their chase on Granite Xhaka. Hopefully some news might break today that we can discuss with you guys tomorrow morning. Tammy Abraham is our next story. And of course, uh, a player that we talked about in detail a lot in yesterday's show. And we're going to spend some more time today, fingers crossed, by giving you, whilst on holiday, 
a tactical breakdown on Tammy Abraham. I'm hoping to get this show out to you guys within the next 24 hours-ish or so. I'm joined by Eunice Talks Football, who you may know, a big Chelsea YouTuber that knows all about Tammy Abraham, and he's very, very kind to send in um, some expert insight on Tammy Abraham. So we are going to be doing a dedicated show, comparing him statistically to the likes of Lacazette, Bamiang, and I've also left a slot open because I would like you to tweet me your suggestions as to which other striker should we be statistically comparing Tammy Abraham to? Let me know in the comments section. Let me know in the comments below the video as well. And you can tweet us on Twitter at the Talk TV to let me know who you think we should be trying to compare Tammy Abraham to statistically to give you guys the best possible updates on him. So that should be coming out for you guys a little bit later today. Moving then on to Evan Undika. Uh, he is a Frankfurt defender who you may be aware of. He is quite highly rated, still quite young. He is reportedly uh, garnering interest from Arsenal, according to German outlet Bild. Um, but beyond that, there is uh, nothing in regards to a bid, nothing in regards to talks yet happening. But Evan Undika has been linked with a move to Arsenal through the German outlet Bild. But purely uh, the quotation that they use is the word interest. And that is it. So beyond that, there is no movement on this. I would be very surprised if Arsenal moved for Evan Dicker because basically they've already spent £50 million to what it looks like anyway, to bring in Ben White. And so therefore, it wouldn't make too much sense for Arsenal to go uh, in for him anymore or whatsoever. So I'd be very shocked to see Evan Dicker uh, move to Arsenal this summer. But who knows? You know, stranger things have happened, of course. Uh, moving on to Neto, the Brazilian goalkeeper from Barcelona. Again, we've talked about him in a previous show linked with Arsenal. He again uh, is doing the rounds across Spanish media saying that Arsenal are battling it out with a number of clubs to try and tie Neto this summer. He's available to leave Barcelona who are obviously looking to move on quite a number of their players. And he is identified as one of those that they want to be moving on. And so, therefore, Arsenal, who are looking for a backup goalkeeper, are naturally linked with him. Now, I would give this a solid 2 out of 10 in regards to actually happening. I'd be absolutely shocked to see Arsenal push for a signing like Neto, mainly because they aren't looking for a non-homegrown goalkeeper. And speaking of which, the homegrown goalkeeper that they are looking for, being Aaron Ramsdale, is supposedly now costing upwards of 32 million pounds. That's reports that dropped yesterday that Sheffield United have upped their price even further for the England international goalkeeper. Arsenal are certainly interested in him and are certainly pushing to try and sign him. That's the information that we are fully aware of at this moment in time. But the fact that Arsenal are willing to pay this much money to bring in a backup goalkeeper, which is what he would be in my eyes, and I understand he's homegrown. And we've talked a lot about the factor of a player being homegrown and adding to their value. But £30 million plus pounds for Aaron Ramsdale is ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. There are other keepers that are, sure, maybe not as good, but still of a very decent level that you can get for less than half the price of what Aaron Ramsdale is reportedly costing. Now, I would be open to the idea of Aaron Ramsdale coming in I think that he's a quality player. I think he's actually got a lot of potential. And he's shown during his time at Sheffield United and at Bournemouth that he can be a very good goalkeeper and is a very good goalkeeper. But he is nowhere near worth spending that amount of money on a player that is essentially going to be back up to, to burn Leno. Sure, we want to bring him to compete with him. We want a number two that's going to be able to push Leno for that starting spot. 
But there is no way that in Arsenal's situation where they need to be investing in so many other areas like right back, central midfield, attacking midfield, possibly even a forward, depending on what happens in other areas of the pitch this summer regarding outgoings, to spend that much money of our budget on this type of signing is just crazy. So I would be very, very shocked if this deal happens. But I wouldn't necessarily... It's weird, isn't it? You'd be shocked because you're... You, I'd be in shock to see Arsenal do it, but it still wouldn't necessarily surprise me knowing what Arsenal have done over the last, say, 10 years with their recruitment and how they've spent their money. So I hope it doesn't happen for that kind of level. If, if you're looking at half that figure, I'd be definitely open to it, but nowhere near the £30 million-odd. Pounds. It's just absolutely not worth it and uh yeah it's ridiculous really ridiculous we move on to our final story of the day and i want to address this because a few people have been tweeting me and sending me messages about the, the like these reports and these rumors that arsenal have kind of sorted a deal for our well, i'm here to tell you that i'm sorry that that could not be further from the truth i'm afraid um arsenal haven't agreed to deal with with our um they haven't they really kind of progressed with this situation so far so the best of the information that's out there that's credible they've in fact dropped their interest in the player but there isn't any interest in Hussein Alwar right now and they're moving on and looking at other players at the current state of play this is one of those players that is a very very easy link to uh kind of imagine and to bring up and it's pretty risk-free because as we know from last summer, Arsenal obviously went in for Hussein Alwar quite heavily. They ended up going for Thomas Partey instead, and they didn't get him. And whilst it was quite credible to say that Arsenal were in for Alwar, it didn't look too bad when Arsenal didn't end up getting him because obviously they just failed to reach their mark. This time around, and this summer specifically, whilst he's available for a lesser fee, it's very easy to kind of, you know, make fictitious reports about Hussein Alwar in the regards and the search of trying to get attention. But actually, there is no, uh, there's there's nothing uh, in regards to Hussein Alwar moving to Arsenal right now. Uh, that could change. Obviously, it could change tomorrow. It could change next week. It could change in, in a couple of months' time. It could change right at the end of the window. But as of this very moment in time, the, the, any reports suggesting that Alwar is close to Arsenal, it, it's just not. It's just not there. It's just, there just isn't anything in regards to Hussein Alwar. Um, so I'm afraid if you were hoping to see him come into the club this summer, uh, I've, I've probably, you know, I've put out your bonfire, let's say, on that one because it's it's not close. But, you know, as things happen in football, things change very quickly and maybe Arsenal end up signing him further down the window. But as of right at this moment, there is nothing on the French midfielder. And that concludes all of our news for today. So we move on to the second and final part of the show. If you do have a question for the chat box and you would like to throw it in, we will try and go through as many as we can in the next five to ten minutes or so. So let's get answering as many as we can. Uh, Mohit says, Tom, uh, what is the thinking process for our recru uh, recruiting team? Wouldn't have minded uh, the 30 million, but what about the fact that he was relegated with his two previous teams. Now, I always get this always kind of comes up when you're talking about players that get relegated and whether you should sign players that are either battling relegation or have been relegated. Look, at the end of the day, football is a team game and individuals can really stand out amongst the crowd of, of teams that have been relegated. Um, at the end of the day, he was with Bournemouth and with, uh, with Sheffield United. So those two teams in particular were always going to struggle to remain in the Premier League at all times. So I really wouldn't read 
too much into the idea of those two clubs going down. Good goalkeepers have played in clubs that have been uh, relegated before and moved on to bigger and better things. Players like Genie Wijnaldum at Newcastle was fighting that club away from relegation at times, moves to Liverpool and is an absolutely world-class player for them this season and the previous season when they won the title as well and has obviously now moved off to play for PSG. So you've got Mateus Pereira at West Brom. You can't judge these players in a team that has gone down. Sam Johnston at West Brom is, I also think, a very good goalkeeper uh, at West Brom and one that should certainly garner a, a fair bit of interest this summer as well. So I really wouldn't uh, pay too much attention to the, the fact that uh, he, he's been relegated a couple of times. What I would pay attention to is, is the 30 million. So ironically, the thing that you're not too fussed about, that's the thing that I would be genuinely concerned about Arsenal going for this summer is spending £30 million on Aaron Ramsdale. Uh, Vichel says, is Ramsdale good uh, with his feet? Uh, Neto, Onana and Johnston are all better than him in that department. Seeing that, looking to take that direction, is this the right call? He's certainly not bad with his feet, that's for sure. And he's got the potential to be a lot better and to grow and develop with his feet. I think one of the biggest reasons why Arsenal are in for players like Ramsdale is because they're better with their feet than, than Bird Leno, who really struggles with his distribution at times. He isn't that comfortable. He doesn't give the defence that confidence that he's going to be good when on the ball because we've had situations like Watford and Burnley away, etc. So... For me, I think he's fine in that department. Yes, there are better keepers out there that are better with their feet, but it's not an area that I think would cause too much concern for me whatsoever. Uh, Christian says, why are we so bad at selling players? Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester, etc. seem to get high fees for nobodies. Now, the difference is, Christian, is that I'm assuming, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but your focus around the world of football is very much on Arsenal. And so you, you live and breathe the club and you find out everything about the club. And I'm willing to bet a fair chunk of money that you know a lot more about Arsenal's youngsters than necessarily Liverpool's or Leicester's or Chelsea's. And that's not a criticism. That's just how life is. It's how life is for me. My knowledge of Arsenal is, is far, far outstrips my knowledge of other clubs because I invest so much time into watching and analysing and learning about Arsenal. The thing is, is that these aren't nobodies. Um, like you look at Gay, for instance, who joined Crystal Palace from Chelsea, had a brilliant season with Swansea playing centre-back, England Youth International, a really, really fantastic player. The difference is, is in Ketia, he's been at Arsenal. He went on loan to Leeds, didn't play. He came back, didn't play. And he spent this season at Arsenal and didn't play. And because of all of those factors, his price naturally goes down. You also have to factor in the, the, the feeling about him having one year left on his deal. And you have to factor in that Arsenal are a club that are notably trying to sell players. Chelsea don't need to sell. Leicester don't need to sell. Liverpool, slightly more so because of their self-sustaining model, do need to sell. But the, the fact of the matter is, is because of their track record, Liverpool, of selling players like Ibe and Solanke and Brewster for these ridiculously good fees, it means that they've got reputation as a club that aren't going to let go of their highly coveted youngsters for a cheap price. But when Arsenal are letting go of kids left, right and centre, and I go right down to the likes of Mark McGuinness, who's left for Cardiff, uh, it is Cardiff, isn't it, for like absolutely nothing, only a sell-on clause. And when you're letting go of Mavropanos on loan with an option of around £3 million to Stuttgart, when you see these types of moves happening, who could blame other clubs for coming in with absolutely nothing offers that we are never going to accept. And until you change that perception of the club, you're never going to see Arsenal sell players for much, much better than they currently are selling them at. And, and that's the job that Edu's got right now, and it's insanely difficult, is that he's got to try and change the perception of Arsenal in the selling market 
to clubs. Now, I don't think that's possible this summer because there is just far too much deadwood. There's far too many Gendouzis, uh, Kalasanaches, there's too many Terreras, there's too many players, Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Ketia Nelson, there's too many players that aren't getting into the first team and that Arsenal are open to selling and that they're just simply not going to be able to get a decent figure for these players. Once you've moved these kind of players on, next summer we can work on changing the perception. If someone wants to come in for a Nikolai Moller or a Tyrese John Jules or even a Balogun, which I know doesn't sound great for you guys listening, but say someone wants to come in for these players after, say, Balogun's had an amazing loan or he's played a lot of games this season, then we can start seeing bids that are higher. Now, I'm not saying I'd accept, I'd accept a, ba- a bid uh, for Balogun, but the point is, is that hopefully you can start to change the perception of what Arsenal expect for their players. Uh, and that's a really difficult job. So I wouldn't necessarily say that what's why are we so bad at selling players this summer? I would look at the last 10 years and say, look, that's why we've been so bad at selling players because we've just been selling them for peanuts because we recruited so badly. We need to look to the future and go, look, we need to change the way that we're, we're selling players, but we're not going to do that with this current crop. Let's focus on what happens next season, the next summer and the summer after that and try, try and change the perception there. Uh, so that that's, that probably covers that one. Uh, Grief Hampton says, where has all the Onana rumours gone? Well, supposedly he's much closer to a move to Leon now, although reports did come out yesterday that Leon are only willing to pay around €3 million. Euros. Ajax are wanting €10 million. Euros. I think they've gone because Arsenal have decided that they want to move for a homegrown goalkeeper. Grief, I'm afraid. So because of that, the Onana stuff has just drops off the face of the earth, <laughs> it seems, which is a shame because I think he's personally an upgrade on Leno. Um, I think maybe that at the time we saw those links, Leno's future wasn't as assured as it maybe is now. And maybe those conversations between Leno and the club have happened over the last month. And that's changed the perception of how the club want to kind of attack this goalkeeping area. So that could be a couple of reasons as to why. Uh, Paul Geyer says three weeks to the start of the season and still no serious midfield additions to this clown show. Are you worried yet? Again, still no, mainly because Granite Xhaka's deal is, is kind of stalling on this one. We're waiting for Granite Xhaka to move on until we bring in a midfielder. I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to start the season with at least Thomas Partey, which isn't, you know, I'd rather it was Thomas Partey and another. We've got Lukonga brought into, and there is a lot of expectation that he could get a few more minutes than maybe a lot of us were expecting next season. But we do need to do more business. Um, things can change very quickly in the three weeks. So we will wait and see as to how things do indeed change over the next few weeks or so. Uh, Assassin General says, the experience is starting to go and the Arsenal fans are starting to get bantered, not with the likes of Ramsdale and Tammy Abraham, when there are other areas to concentrate on. I think a lot of people maybe pay too much attention to what other fans of other clubs are thinking about the club right now. Um I, for instance, saw a tweet from Turkish yesterday. Now, Turkish has been on the channel. I respect a lot of his views, but I didn't agree with his tweet about the the kind of signing a fourth choice England centre-back and joining up uh, and buying a player that doesn't even get into the Belgian squad. I thought it lacked context. I thought it was a little naive of Turkish to to, to tweet out in that sense. It was quite, um, what's the right words? Um, It was was trying to garner a lot of attention, obviously, and, and for people to react to it. I understand that. But I just thought... That's that kind of promotion of that kind of rhetoric is is never going to improve the mood around uh, the fans. It's never going to add to the the what I feel is a bit more level headedness needed and a little bit more context needed. Lokonga's a fantastic signing. So to downplay that by saying that we signed a player that couldn't even get into the Belgian national team, I think is I know it's it's just 
that, that kind of rubs me up the wrong way, I think. And uh, it's, it downplays a good bit of business that Arsenal have actually done. And there's a lot of time still left in the window. So I, for me, feel that, that things need to be said with context. And I think it was lacking in, in that moment. Uh, Tiervin says, hi, Tom. What do you think about United's links to Ruben Neves? It's completely under, unsurprising. I've rate, I rate Ruben Neves. I've said on the show I'd be happy for Arsenal to go out and sign Ruben Neves. Um and I think that Man United being linked to him isn't surprising whatsoever because he's a quality midfielder and, and they're looking for a replacement for Paul Pogba because he looks like he could go. They also want upgrades on the likes of Fred, which Ruben Neves is. So it doesn't surprise me. Does it worry me? Yeah, because I'd, I'd like to see him at Arsenal. I hope that Arsenal push for, for Ruben Neves. But it does look like anyway that, that Man United have, have moved ahead of Arsenal anyway in the race to sign him. Uh, Mr. Harrison Connerby, if it says, hey, Tom, considering Arteta said Willian can play centrally and we can seem to get rid of him, or rather can't, uh, any chance that he can play centrally, defensively and midfieldly? <laughs> um, I, <laughs> no, I, I see the satire in your question, Harrison. Um, I think the thing with Willian is that we may just have to wait to the last stage of the window uh, for a bid to come in or for an offer to come in where he's just going to go for nothing. Uh, Arsenal aren't looking to to get a transfer fee for him. They're just, let it, they're just looking to, to offload him at this stage, which goes to show how much of a mistake that ultimately was. Um, Kelvin says, hey, Tom, do you believe Arsenal can... I don't know. I don't know what JM is. What's JM? Uh, <laughs> James Madison. Is that who... Oh, yes, it is. See, cogs are turning, working out these uh, abbreviations. Do I think we can sign him? Um, I think that for me, the, the issue is, is with James Madison is he's going to cost a hell of a lot of money. Leicester aren't going to let him go for anything less than, say, £70 million unless you offer, say, players in part exchange. And I'm not sure I buy into the news that he's pushing for a move, which I've seen rumours of on socials from some questionable sources. Um, it's just one that I'm not sure if we can do. It would be an absolute marquee signing, a real shock, a real coup, uh, coup, 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 you know, people can, <laughs> which one of those words, uh, for Arsenal to get it done. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really, I really would be surprised if Arsenal did it, but yeah, of course Arsenal could do it as with any signing. I didn't think we'd go and get Thomas Partey, but we did. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, Namish says, I want Coop Miners, Locatelli and Madison, but I'm pretty sure this won't happen. I'm pretty sure that you are right, Namish. Uh, Arun says, Tom, Ramsdale has won Player of the Year for his previous three years uh, in his last three seasons for Wimbledon, Bournemouth and Sheffield United. I don't think that he's bad. Uh, definitely overpriced. And that's pretty much where I'm at, Arun. I don't think he's a bad goalkeeper. I think he's a good goalkeeper. But he is very overpriced for the situation of the club and the player that we are looking for in the position that we want. Uh, Tulip says, do you feel this all or nothing will increase more pressure on the team and fans? Interesting you say fans about the pressure being increased on kind of how fans act and will be during the season. I think it will increase kind of the hyperbole around the season, that's for sure. Uh, as the title says, it is all or nothing. And I don't see uh, going for, say, all being the title this season and mostly it's nothing for us I mean obviously there's always going to be jokes made about the, the title and the, the likelihood of Arsenal achieving their targets which for us all would be Champions League football and maybe a trophy um, nothing is is falling out of the top six and not winning anything so once again by the way so that that's the nothing it's just it's a really tricky situation because um, I like the idea of this all or nothing series I was excited to see it announced I'm not hesitant about it 
Uh, I, I'm not worried about the, the the way Arsenal look in it because Arsenal are already a big joke to a lot of fans. And so for that reason, I think that it's it makes it's. Oh, I'm only looking at the positives and the bright side of this story, and specifically uh, the fact that we're going to be able to see inside the club. We're going to see some more of the personality of the players and the coaches and stuff. And yeah, sure, it's going to be edited. Sure, it's going to be uh, the wall being pulled over our eyes in some senses. But I'm just looking forward to seeing it. Um, but I don't think it necessarily increases the pressure because the pressure is already a breaking point for Arsenal at this stage, uh, and that's that's the issue right now. Um, Zach says Marlon counts uh, as homegrown and he's going for 30 million. Would he be better than Tammy Abraham? Slightly different player, more versatile, could play centrally, could play in a wide area. I think Marlon will end up at Borussia Dortmund from the sounds of things, Zach. So I don't think um, that we're going to see Marlon back at Arsenal. But yes, he would count. Uh, would he count as homegrown? Could he spend three years at Arsenal when he was in the academy? Let me just do a quick check so we know that that's right. Uh, he joined Arsenal in 2015 and left in 2017. So uh, it depends uh, on if it was 2015 through to 2016. But if he didn't spend three years fully, uh, then maybe he wouldn't. So I'm not sure that he would actually count as homegrown because uh, he didn't spend the three years here. But, you know, maybe he did spend long enough. And, uh, you can't see the exact dates, but I doubt that he did spend over three years at the club. So we'll see. Uh, Jashar says, Tom, do you think Arteta is ready for the boss uh, and the pressure that they will bring if they get off to a bad start? Oh, booze, sorry. The booze and the pressure that they will bring if we get off to a bad start. Um, I don't think it really bothers Arteta, to be honest. Um, I think Arteta is very, very much a person that shuts kind of the exterior out and that external factor. So, I, yeah, I, I don't think that's going to be too much of a concern. The pressure, that's the big thing, is the pressure of expectation. He's dealt with it in very mixed circumstances last season. He said he's going to learn from those mistakes. Um, so I'm, I'm genuinely not sure if that is uh, is the right player, the, or rather is the right way that our manager is going to deal with the situation, whether it's going to be good or bad. We just have to wait and see. It's impossible to tell at this stage. Um, we are going to finish things off there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Please drop a like on today's video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Uh, I'll be back again with you guys a little bit later on today, hopefully to give you guys a tactical breakdown on Tammy Abraham. Uh, and, of course, then join you again tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for the next 81st episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show. Please do drop a subscription on the channel. Um, if you have found us for the first time, you will see that we've got one of the best audiences on the planet, <laughs> absolutely, of you guys that tune in every single day and make this a great place to, to produce Arsenal content. So we'll see you tomorrow and we'll see you a little bit later for the Tammy Abraham content too. But it's been a pleasure to speak to you guys as always and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.